0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام So the ayah that we had left up on yesterday was the statement of Allah subhanahu wa taala في قلوبهم الله مرضا And then this is we completed our discussion of that. And this next half of the ayah is so we talked about how Allah subhanahu Wa ta'ala, He describes these individuals saying, there is a disease in their hearts to which Allah has added more. And then the second half of the ayah, which is what we're going to start with our discussion today, Allah subhanahu Wa ta'ala says, uh, and for them is an agonizing torment, or an agonizing torment awaits them for their persistent life. So over here, Allah subhanahu Wa ta'ala He's saying that in this world, he will continue increasing them in in this disease. He'll continue increasing them in their sickness. So, and we had talked a little bit about this yesterday. What is the purpose of increasing them in that sickness? Or why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do that? Insistent. I'm sorry? Ah, Because they're insistent. These individuals are insistent and they're persistent on what it is that they're upon. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of the choice that they have made, He continues pushing them into that path. And then He says, وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ And for them is a painful torment for them and it is an agonizing torment. Why end the ayah in this way? Why end the ayah in this way? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He will increase them in in this sickness he will increase them in this disease and then immediately he says he said and for them is a painful torment for them is a painful punishment what is the connection here? hmm have, uh, if you have your phones or whatever, it'll be easier for you to follow if you actually look at the verses. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, there is a disease in their hearts to which Allah has added one. Agonizing torment awaits them for their persistent lying. Hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, He says, immediately after that, and for them is a painful torment, and for them is a
1: That uh, these individuals right, they, they don't have one disease, uh-huh. right? So their heart is, is made out of diseases, okay? Right? And just like you said yesterday, that there's layers to okay. so, so the diseases uh-huh. and it's expressed as a cancer. Yeah. Right? And uh, the second, I think the second IF mm-hmm. that we were talking about, uh, that because of that there will be there will be constant uh, misguidance. Mm-hmm. And they'll or they'll keep doing it, and they'll be confused okay. as of why they keep doing this, and they'll just be misled. Okay. So. These
2: people
0: the so nice to don't like bother with them anymore. Okay, that's that part, that's part. of it dealing with the hidayah that you know in uh, the and that you know you don't you are not able to guide whoever you've stuck Okay. So going back going back Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says and we already defined and we already said why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he defines their heart as the place of disease or their the heart as a place of sickness because it's connected to everything because the heart is the the main center and it is the thing that is connected to everything and the heart has an effect on the entirety of the body and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says so the sickness where is it based in and where does it start it starts in the heart. And we said that eventually the sickness spreads to the entirety of the body. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He said, He follows this. He said, it's, it basically He's saying it spreads to the body to the point that what will happen to them And then they will have a painful punishment or they will have an agonizing torment. Is that death? Huh? This isn't death. This is this is on the other day of judgment. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And they will have, basically okay. They will in the future uh, This is this is talking about the, the hellfire So this goes back to your question I think you had asked a couple days before I was, about Where where do these individuals end up What happens to them So why What is the connection here When we talk about this painful punishment Or this painful torment I think when I think
2: In He's mm-hmm. allowing them
0: once the time is over, then completely punishment. Okay, good. So Allah is giving them an opportunity. This is showing what? Yeah, showing His mercy. I definitely agree with that 100%. But here, let's let's try to connect it in a different way. We said that this initial sickness, it starts in their heart, and it starts out of their personal choice. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he do to the sickness? He amplifies it to the point that the sickness spreads to the entire body. body. And now that the entire body is infected, now that the entire body is infected with the sickness, and what is this sickness exactly? It could be a
2: lot
0: of nifaq. Huh? Okay, the sickness of nifaq. And nifaq is essentially what? It it's, it is multiple things, but essentially, if we look at the basis of Nifaq, what is it actually? Okay. It is lying. It is deceit. There's no doubt about that. But essentially, it's disbelief. Yes. Yeah. If, you, if you you know if you you take away all the layers and you remove everything, and you get to the core of it, the base of it is actually disbelief. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is saying about these people that they have this sickness. And this sickness spreads to the entirety of the body, and now the result of them being consumed by this sickness is to have what? Punishment. To have this punishment, right? So this sickness that started in the heart, it spread to the entirety of the body, and now the entirety of the body is corrupted. Okay. So what is what is the result of having a corrupted body? A painful torment.
2: When you see
0: yeah.
1: No, no. No, no, um, one, so one of the things that you mentioned is disbelief.
2: disbelief. But as a result of that, we corrupt mind mm-hmm. What's the definition?
0: Of okay, so whenever we talk about corruption, when we talk about the heart here, we're always talking in a spiritual sense. Is that? I, we're, we're not talking in a medical sense. We're not talking in a physical sense. Um, we are strictly talking in a spiritual sense. And we talk when we talk about corruption. We talk about corruption in spiritual actions. Whatever those actions might be, so whatever it is that I do, that that action is always going to be tainted. It's always going to be corrupt. I'm always the reason that I'm doing many of these things is for what purpose? Show. I'm sorry? I mean, Steve,
2: that's a
0: show. For for deception. Right for deception. So now this action that is apparently and superficially righteous, the reality behind it is what? Is evil and deception. So this is what I mean by corruption, and this is what is meant by corruption. Well, yes?
1: But when Allah says that uh, if you have an atom worth of uh, stain on your heart, mm-hmm. your heart is
0: corrupted. No. It's, it's not about your heart being corrupted. Basically what happens is that you have elements of corruption, which is different than the entirety of the heart being corrupted. Does does that make more sense? So what is the difference between those two? Okay. This one and that one? Sure, no problem. So uh, basically every time an individual sins, what happens is he gets a stain on his heart. Mm -hmm. And the more he sins, the more these stains increase, and the more these stains consume the heart, until the point that what happens? The the, the entirety of the heart is is covered, and it's consumed by these sins. But what happens to a person when he does good deeds? It removes it. Right, it removes those things. It removes those individual stains. Now, this is a very good question, and it's a very good parallel. But the response to all of this would be, what is the what is the base state of that heart that is getting stained? I'm
2: sorry, repeat that.
0: No problem. So this heart that we're talking about, the one that develops these stains, yeah. what is the base state of that heart? Clean. Huh? Clean. Okay, clean, it, it, let's, let's use another word Instead of clean
2: huh?
0: uh, Something else What is the difference between the heart of the munafiq And the heart of the believer What's They could both be tainted Right Intentions. I'm sorry Intention. Intention, for sure Even more basic than that what, is the, what does the mu'min have that the munafiq does it Belief Belief, Belief. Belief. This is the main difference Because the heart that has belief Regardless of how black it gets What can happen? It can can always be washed It can always be cleaned But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala How does he describe the heart of the manafiq? As sick Meaning that this disease Is not going to do anything except Spread And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will further cause it to Spread So does that clear it up a little bit? Yes In this case
2: I don't think it's mercy. Hmm. It's even worse because now The punishment is going
0: to be more severe the longer the death Good yeah. So when we get to later ayat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how does he describe the munafiqin you guys know? Does anybody know any of the ayat That describe the munafiqin In their position in the hellfire What does that mean? How do we translate that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place these individuals in the lowest Depths of The hellfire Right, it's more than Qafari. And the reason for that, inshallah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but it's very important right now for us to understand the, the level and the importance and the, the depth and the deception of the munafiqeen. So, if we take a step back and we say, okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is spending quite a bit of time describing these munafiqeen to us. Why? Why spend so much time on them? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He spends three ayat on the mu'minin He spends two <laughs> On the kuffar And then 13 ayat uh, Concerning the munafiqin And we have to realize This is relatively early so It's a disease Oh it's a disease, disease is usually huh. cured. So diseases need to be cured Diseases need to be removed And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is talking about this disease and not just, you know So this disease can spread this disease can corrupt and this disease can cause problems within the Muslim community. Because why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deal so frankly and so blatantly and easily when it comes to the Muslim and the Kafir? If the
2: Kafir you know is already and huh?
0: you deal with it. Right. He's you already know, he's an outside threat. Right? If you look at these elements as threats, the kafir is an outside threat. He's outside of your house so the damage that he can cause is limited it's very limited and it can be very controlled and what is the issue with the manafiq at this moment
2: he can cause a problem I mean, okay, that issue, huh, you're aware of
0: it, right, so when you see something outside you're far more aware of it but when something is inside it's a lot more problematic it's a lot more dangerous we have
2: like, uh, we have say they call Allah they say uh, Allahumma <laughs> you <didn't>
0: know like but your friend next to you, share, you know. So, Muhammad, he shared uh, a dua that says, Oh Allah, protect me from the evil of my friends. Right? Protect me from the evil of my friends because <laughs> the evil of my enemy is clear. <laughs> yes? This could be political. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> just thinking out loud,
1: I mean, um, um, the definitions of I monopoly, mean, mm-hmm. that fall under, from the religious perspective, but there's also people that sort of give up other people um, to, I'm just going to
2: say authorities or what have you. Uh huh. You know, okay. And they're the ones who pretend that they're among you, but then yeah. they're within you, but they're not.
0: So people who are treasonous, people who betray trust, like these type of individuals. Is it possible that the munafiqeen, Allah alam, it definitely is a possibility. Uh, Because the munafiq, basically, he in his heart, he will always want outside forces and outside elements and anything other than Islam to triumph. And he will do whatever he can to make that happen. The problem with this is that someone who gives another person up to the authorities, there are a number of scenarios that that we can apply to that. I mean, what if that person actually was harmful to the community? Know, have, you know, you yeah, know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it, uh, it's a case by case type type scenario. But going back to the the root problem, the root problem is is th- if this person believes that this outside entity, whether it be Christianity, whether it be democracy, whether it be you know Catholicism or Judaism, whatever it is, if these things have a right to Oversee and conquer Islam. This is nifaq, no doubt, because the Muslim always believes that what that Islam should always be superior, always in all situations. So th- this 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 is actual nifaq, and that would have to be. You'd have to look at the heart of that individual and see, okay, how it is. And obviously, it's not something we can do unless he comes out openly and he says that. As for uh, surrendering, surrendering someone to the authorities, it really depends. You know, it, it really depends um, on what that situation is. And it can be a very difficult call sometimes. But uh, me, as a religious leader, there are situations where I'm not shy to surrender people to the authorities. Uh, and there are two general categories that, that I apply in, in my office and my rules. If someone comes to me with uh, a case of sexual abuse, I will surrender the person who has abused them to the authorities immediately. It's not not something that's up for conversation. And physical abuse also. This is something else that's not up for conversation. And 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 I'm gonna be very clear in the word abuse. There's a difference between discipline and abuse. You know, a a father smacking his child's hand or smacking him in the face or whatever because he's angry at them. I personally, because I know the culture and I know the background, I would never say that's abuse. Even if you know, they, they asked me to testify i would be like, no, this is he was disciplining his son or he's disciplining his daughter, I don't see that to be abuse. But if someone's coming into me with a broken arm, someone's coming into me with a fractured skull, this is not something that's to be tolerated at all. So that that's where I draw the line, um, in in personal dealings. In those cases, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but the thing is, we're we're surrendering the person to the authorities because there's a there's a tangible, valid reason to do that. Um, even though some people might accuse of nifaq at that point, like, oh, look, he's helping the kuffar against. Him. I mean, the reality is, it, since when does helping kuffar become a criteria for anything? Did not the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? He he was asked. So before Islam, before he received revelation, he. What he took part in this, uh, in this promise called hifz fulul and it was a promise that some of the Qurashis made, and it was an agreement that they had come to, that we will all stand up together against oppression, we will stand up for those for those minorities, we will stand up for people who are not able to represent themselves, and he made this agreement. And after revelation came, and he was in Medina, he was asked about hifz and he said, "Ya Rasulullah." You know, what do you think about this this agreement that you had made before the Prophethood came? He said, Had I been asked to make this agreement again and this pact again, he said, I would have done it again. And who would he have been helping? Right, he would have been helping non Muslims, he would have been helping the disbelievers. Again, this is not a criteria. It's not a criteria, helping or not helping, because Islam is here to help humanity. It is, right? We claim that Islam is what? What do we claim about Islam in, in regards to humanity?
2: I'm
0: sorry? It's it's universal. And th- if you you guys have a problem, what do we have? If there's a problem, what do we say? That Islam will fix it. Regardless of your problem, whatever problem you have, whatever issues you have, we will say and we will claim that what? Islam has the solution. So. That, that's our role and that's our role in the community and this is how we stand up for individuals and this is why we, how we stand up for different situations so and so this is why Allah wa ta'ala spends so much time talking about the munafiqin because it is something that can corrupt the house and it can, can corrupt Islam internally and that is the goal of the munafiq to kind of destroy Islam from the inside and this, this is something that's very apparent because they want to destroy Islam from the inside versus the Kafir, versus the non Muslim. Is it every single non Muslim's goal, every single disbeliever's goal to destroy Islam? No, absolutely not. Some of them don't
2: care. Some of them don't care. They,
1: honestly, some of them don't care. That's crazy? Yeah. I mean, how you said that they're trying to destroy Islam uh-huh. inside. Yeah. While they're doing that, they're destroying themselves. They're destroying themselves.
0: Inside. Allah. Sorry from the heart. It's right. Wrong. And Allah, what did he say in the previous night? my yeah. Right? <laughs> they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it. And it's amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes uh, these individuals. So, as a result of this corruption, the the end path or the end goal, anybody, and this is, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's revealing these verses. Who is listening to these verses? Who is hearing this? Everybody. Everybody. Including? Including the munafi. Including the munafiq. So what is that? What kind of message does that give to them? Huh. I'm sorry? <laughs> um, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them like this. I don't think you're fooling me. You. <laughs> Yo, don't think I don't know. And don't think that my messenger doesn't know. I think this is an element sometimes we, we overlook. And we don't think about. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by addressing all of these people, by addressing the entire ummah, he's also addressing... The Munafiqeen Telling them That we know your plans We know what you're scheming We know what you're trying to do Don't think you can hide And this is a warning for them To what? You need to come back (laughs) You need need to fix yourself And you need to come back I'm giving you this opportunity Because I know exactly what it is That you're thinking And I know exactly what it is That you're doing And Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala He says and an agonizing torment awaits them for their persistent lying. So we had established in the previous ayah that they were deceiving. Now we know exactly how they were deceiving. How are they deceiving? To be Not just pretending to Muslim, they're straight up what? They're just straight up lying. They're just straight up lying. Now this is very interesting. This is very interesting, because what are some of the things that the pagan Arabs prided themselves in? I'm telling the truth. They were so proud, and in, I know I know sometimes this is this is difficult to uh, to to kind of digest, but they were so proud. They were such a pride proud people. That they refuse to even lie, even if it would be against them, because they would they would see it as a tarnish on their name and they would see a tarnish on their family name. So it's very strange now, it's very unique now to come for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to openly say about the Arabs that they are they're lying. And not just lying, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he uses again the present tense form of the word, bimakanu, yakdibu. Not bimakyanu qadabu, no right currently and what did we say again it's Uh, it's something that they're doing time and time and time again so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he also associates this in a way back to the beginning of the verse so we said in the beginning of the verse there is a disease in their hearts to which Allah has added more agonizing torment awaits them for their persistent life so what, is, uh, what are a couple connections we can make from the beginning of the verse and the end of the verse? That part of a disease is what? Or part of the spiritual disease is what? Is lying. And this is a huge lesson. This is a huge lesson. That part of the corruption in the body the result of that is because okay. of lying. And how does Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala increase the sickness by lying more? So, what happens to an individual who lies? We find that eventually, everything he says is a lie, and, and he, he just nobody believes him anymore because everything he says is a lie now, everything, to the point that what. Like he starts believing his lies And how does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Describe them in the previous ayah And he'll also describe them the same way In the next ayah They're lying so much to a point That they don't what They don't even realize that they're lying anymore Like it's just become so Ingrained in them That they just keep lying on top of lies On top of lies So the next ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says when it is said to them, do not cause corruption in the land, they say, we are only putting things right. So this is giving us more insight now into the mindset and into the thought process of this munafiq. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when it is said to them, who is speaking them? Who is the one who's reminded Allah. I'm sorry Allah is Well Allah is not speaking to them directly But who the uh, Either the Prophet Muhammad Or who uh, Or the believers right? Either the Prophet Or one of the believers Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Does he specify here Does he says No He said if it is said to them he's, he's left it open Meaning that somebody has said to them Somebody has said to them, la Do not cause corruption in the land. So this should give away to this person immediately what? And what are some things that we can take away from the verse now? It's, like, it's like an ultimatum. Okay. So like,
1: dude, you got cut it out. Okay. So like, can you, can you stop that because what's... It's gonna lead to something bigger and dangerous. Mumtaz.
0: So now if we're talking about the person who's warning him, what is what insight does this give us about that person?
1: That he's been following the truth. That he's been following someone.
0: Right, he he, he knows what's going on. Yeah. Right, he sees what's going on. And that's why but the thing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says if it's said to them, he doesn't mention anyone specifically, why? Mm. Why not? Because the person I think
2: he spoke to them. Uh-huh. He knows.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: And not many people. There's a chance of coming back to so by putting a name out there. They're sort of saying,
1: you know, paying it's, an it's not one person, it's multiple right. people. Okay, so there's people multiple people. Talking, talking. so that there's
0: multiple people listening. Okay. And not just that. Right mm-hmm. now, what is the focus of the conversation?
2: Therapy Huh?
0: Who who is being focused on right now? The munafiqeen. Right? The munafiqeen are being focused on. If we we introduce more parties and more individuals, would that distract from the discussion or not? Yes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to keep this discussion specifically focused on the munafiqeen. He doesn't want to distract the conversation to anyone else. Because if the munafiqeen heard... That what if, if this person when this person says to you what is what immediately happens to people who lie like so when a person lies I'd be like Echi why did you say this what is the first thing he'll say to me? Think about it. Not just he'll lie more. you know why did you, you know why did you do this? I heard that you did this.
2: You don't believe me.
0: I'm telling you, think about it. And if, if I if I say it, you guys will be you guys will agree with me hundred percent. Who told you? Right? Oh yeah. That's the first thing. Anybody who anybody who is confronted with something, they achieve why did you say this? What is the first thing that they ask? Whether they deny, accept anything. Like, who told you? No, no, just tell me, who told you? And and that's what is not meant to be done here Because again, the focus needs to be very pinpoint Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to keep the conversation extremely focused And this is why he doesn't want to distract the munafiq Because remember, the munafiq is part of the audience The munafiq is part of the audience Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want to distract the conversation from them He wants to make sure that we are consistently and focused on these individuals Yes
2: Now, are
1: they being confronted? Yes. Right, in this
0: ayah? Yes. By the believers. By the
1: believers.
2: Okay. Now it's a group of the or is it just
0: one individual? Wallahu alam. I mean it could be one person, it could be a group of people, you know. Um it <laughs> be,
2: <laughs> Yeah. The Prophet <laughs> he he he
0: knew who they were. So now let's there's a few things that we can take away from that. The Prophet knew exactly who they were. We know them. Right? We know that. But let's say, even within a community, and we could use our community as an example, are there people in the community who we are suspicious of? No, the, I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to call <laughs> No, no, I don't, I don't mean to call anyone out. But we, can, we know in general, right. and this is a small community. Right. I mean, just, so just imagine the c- community in Medina. Everybody knows each other. And this guy, these guys, do you know so of them? And he's always slipping out every night. Yeah, man, I noticed him too. They're always slipping out every night, and they're going to meet somewhere. And they're always giving excuses, you know, when they're when they're going out. Right? People notice things in the community, and they notice not something's going on. Sure. I'm sorry? But they're not 100% sure. they're they might not be 100% sure of that. But what if they overhear something?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm? At least more. Right? At, at least more. The thing is, you you have to realize these individuals—they lived in a time there are no doors, right? <laughs> they're like, there's no doors in the houses, and not just that, were there air conditioners, or cars, or sirens, or bells, it's quiet. it was quiet, and I don't have, anybody ever had the opportunity to go out to the desert, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, the, that's the one thing that, that will stand out, almost immediately, is how, quiet how quiet is. it is, it's like, it's crazy quiet, We don't
2: realize this here, yeah, when you're in the city, when you're in the city there's no way,
0: You'll you'll never like for us, quiet means like you know, hearing a car every few seconds, right? <laughs> that's that's quiet. Or if you're making it the calf snoring, right? That's quiet. <laughs> 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 so so I mean quiet there are there are levels to quiet, but the thing is like the, the Arabs and especially during the time process there's no machinery. There's no machinery. People talk about oh man, there's no AC. There are no fans. Like forget air conditioning there're no fans so you don't have any machinery you don't have if you walk out in the neighborhood you could probably hear footsteps of, of people this this is how quiet it was so it's, it's very important to keep all these things in context and people when they would sleep they would put their fires up and when they were awake they'd have the fires on and you could literally get up on the roof of your house and you could probably see the entire city.
2: I mean, they have a lot of incidents, uh-huh. like, uh, I think, like, when uh, he's walking, he, he hears something. Yeah, I mean, you
0: yeah. have a lot of situations lot of like this. Uh, you have a lot of situations like this, you know, where they're walking and they heard somebody crying. They're walking and they saw somebody praying. Or they're, You know, they, there are many situations that happen and that are occurring that talk about, you know, they were able to overhear each other. So they, they have, if you, either it could be the Prophet Muhammad because he received revelation and he knew exactly what was going on. Or maybe somebody, maybe a relative. Because we have to realize, like, I mean, it's a small community. You have people who are related, people who might have been friends. And he overheard him and he's like, listen, man. Stop causing problems, stop ca- causing Correction, you, you, need, you need to really check yourself You need to get, get your act together And how does he respond? He said, ma nahnu Musleh That we're only trying to Fix things it, It's interesting, right? It, 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 look at the word choice Look at the word choice we're, we're only trying to do Islah, we're only trying to fix things So if you want to fix something, what does that mean? If something's broken. So and we had said that these individuals, you know, they don't realize certain things because they, they are fools. And if you don't realize what is going on, you are a fool. And then on top of that, you're telling somebody who's clearly pointed you out, somebody who's clearly recognized you. Somebody who's clearly seeing the problems that you're causing, and clearly seeing the secret meanings that you're having, who's clearly seeing that you're trying to mess up the dynamic within the Muslim community, and you're responding to him like, "No, I'm just trying to fix things." So you're not only—if—if I had any doubt at that point, remember, like you know, there are people who might have been doubtful. If I had any doubt at that point, and this person responded to me and be like, "No, man, I'm just trying to fix things." What am I going to think immediately?
2: What's broken?
0: I, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm, oh, that doubt now has reached what? Higher. It is, it's become certainty. Like, yo, this, what do you mean? Like, nothing's broken. It, everything's going well. Yes? So
2: now, I've been in other communities where they have several groups where they all pointing at each other. Yeah. And they're basically the saying... They're saying the same thing. So how do you determine which one is
1: now we talk about multiple parties. Allah Well that's
0: I mean it, it, it kinda hurts to talk about that. Man. But number one, um, it's I don't think it's an issue of nifaq in those situations. I don't I don't think anybody's trying to destroy Islam. Allah uh, I think it's more of an issue of egos in that people, <laughs> people every individual group feels that their version of Islam or their policies are better than other people's policies, and this is why they want to establish whatever you know, message it is that they want to establish. I think you did yeah. the
2: right thing, He hmm? did the
0: right
2: thing, yeah. You, <laughs> 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 you <won't laughs> run, run away from fitting that, right? That's very important, yes. Isn't there a ayah just came to me? I don't know if it's in the book of the Bukhara where they say, Yeah, that's
0: different. So that's a different situation and um, that's, I, I don't remember what surah that's in. Yeah. But basically, yani in the and we were just joking right. and we were just saying this. So those individuals actually were munafiq. Those individuals were actually munafiq. And it was specific to their case. If we get to the ayah, we'll talk about it, inshallah, but let's leave that until the end. Uh, because that's, that's talking about a specific scenario and it's not talking about a general... Like like this. This is more of a general. Is they're
2: saying we're slah, we're slah, Yeah. The
0: one and in that situation, basically the story of that situation. Again, like, will talk. Let me talk about it in the end. Just just remind me. I'm Sorry, you were going to say something. What is the
1: what is the penalty or when someone tells you what someone says the words your kafir or your You
0: okay. shouldn't say that, right? No, now. no, no. There's a hadith okay. of the Prophet, on that's very clear that says if you call your brother a kafir the the word rises to the heavens and it returns back to one of you.
2: Who
0: I is combating the the that should be antifrite Allah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's no one listen the only only person who can declare someone else to be kafir is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's, it's not it's not not my job. Or I mean or if the person comes out themselves and says it. Right? Or yeah. right? if a person comes out and they say to you it would be like um like you know yeah I, I worship Ganesh he just tells you that over here okay you know he's he, he said it himself i don't need I, like if someone comes to me like you need to make excuses for him you know maybe he means this but no i mean he's, he's come out and he said what it is or you know I, I think jesus is my lord and my savior you know he, he's come out and he said that he's a disbeliever the, the the problem that we end up having or the issue that we have end up having in the conversation that i think is very important when it comes to issues of Islam and not and non-Muslim is number one okay what bearing does that have in this world what bearing does it have in this world if I know if somebody is Jewish and he open, openly calls and proclaims Judaism or Hinduism or Sikhism or whatever religion that is how does that affect my dealing with him huh how does it affect him It doesn't really affect too much I mean if you think about it It doesn't affect too much The only difference Like what is the difference Between a non-Muslim and a Muslim In my dealing with him In in my dealing There are certain things There are certain Very specific things But I want you guys To think about what those are What does that have to do With the person itself like say one one that's like so like the muslim I can eat and the non muslim I can't so no
1: what i'm saying when you, said dealing, <laughs> when you said dealing, like say dealing yeah. when you say dealing and this person tells me hey we're going to go like at work at me all the time we going out yeah like i know i cannot go out with them because mm-hmm. the way they go out and they do certain things they eat certain things okay are not part of my lifestyle are not part of my dealing. okay does that apply
0: to all non muslims majority yes i disagree does it apply to all muslims
1: no, but I'm mean, just talking about non-Muslims and Muslims.
0: I'm talking about general dealings, I think. So you're just general dealings. It's a general dealings. If I have a, if I have a people, a group of people that I work with, uh-huh. and I know these people, and they know me, they know my belief, they know where I stand, uh-huh. and if they're asking me to go out to eat with them, and I know they're going to respect me, what is preventing me from going out with them? Yourself, are so- Let me put in another. Let me put in another scenario. I have a group of Muslims who are asking me to go out with, them. and these Muslims are corrupt. I know them. They're going to go to the club. Mm-hmm. Out of the two groups of people, who am I going to go out with? I'm going go to go out with some colleagues. I just be. I won't go out with them. <laughs> but that's a personal choice. That's different. I'm talking about how does it affect now you in your personal choice and your personal space. That's different. We all have preferences, right? but i'm talking about from a religious standpoint what is the ruling in this in this scenario which group is it better to go out with the non-muslims why because they're not doing anything harm and they're not calling you to do anything huh
2: also there's an opportunity to tell
0: about Islam. I mean, that's, you know, that's extra. You know, calling to Islam and giving dawah, et cetera, et cetera, That All of those things are extra. But the thing is, okay, even if, uh, if I have some non-Muslim friends and say, hey, we're going to go go-karting, you know, we're going to go drive some go-karts around, you want to come with us. I'm like, okay, cool. I go out, I have fun, I do like 10 laps or whatever and we all go home and I never said anything about Islam. Is there anything wrong with that? No. There's, there's no issue with that. So, we still haven't, come to the point of where I define, because that has more to do with actions than it does the person. Just because an individual is non-Muslim does not make him my enemy. Just because an individual is non-Muslim does not make him someone I have to avoid. And just because he's a non-Muslim doesn't mean it has to be somebody who I hate. And what are some examples to tell us and show us that hating the non-Muslim is not part of the religion? He loved his uncle, Abu yeah. Talib. Very clear example. Good. I want something even more that that, that we can apply it right now today. Naming <laughs> people. An individual comes to a son. So there's a sister who I know, she accepted Islam. And her father didn't. What should I tell her about her father? Keep
1: loving
0: To what? Keep loving. There's no reason for you not to what? Love your father. Why? Because he's <laughs> your father. <laughs> Regardless of what. Mm-hmm. Regardless of his religion. That's one example. Is the Muslim man allowed to marry a chaste Christian woman or a chaste? Jewish woman. Yes, yes.
2: Yeah.
0: So I'm marrying this woman and I will say, okay, I'm going to marry you, but I'm not going to love you. <laughs> yeah. Is that possible? No. I mean, realistically, is, is it possible that I marry this woman I don't love? Yeah, no. Oh, and Mother Teresa. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to Mother Teresa. <laughs> That's a good example. You got <laughs> <laughs> So. So the the reason that I'm sharing some of these things is the fact that he is a non-Muslim does not deprive any love from him, should not add any hate for him. Those things only come into a play depending on how he acts toward me. Right? That's the only time it comes to play. But there are specific dealings that we still need to talk about that are unique to the Muslim and the non-Muslim is not given that Right? What about it? You guys know this. I know you do. Ah, huh. now we're getting closer. The Muslim has the right of uh, me. If he gives me salam, my obligation is to what? I have to respond. He has that right upon me. What if you don't? Huh? Then you have there's a sin on you. Yeah. But if I've the, been that if, situation. huh? I'm sorry. I've been in that
1: situation where I was like salam. And they
0: just, like. Well, that's fine. That's up to that's between them, brother. Okay. But, the, uh, or the, the non-Muslim now, if he gives me salam, I am not obligated to respond. If a Muslim sneezes and says, Alhamdulillah, what is my obligation as a Muslim? I have to respond. I have to say, Alhamdulillah. This is his, this is his right. If a non-Muslim sneezes, it's permissible. I mean, don't get me wrong, is it permissible for me to respond to Islam? Yes, absolutely. Is it permissible for me to say, bless you? Yes, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is not his right. It is not his right. It is the right of the Muslim. The non-Muslim dies. The non-Muslim dies. And he has a prayer, he has whatever. Do I have to attend his janazah even if I don't participate? No. The Muslim dies. Do I have to attend to Zajanist? Yes. Yes, it's his right. Whether it be on an individual basis or whether it be, you know a group of people in the community would do that But if I tell the
2: non-Muslim, Yeah. United,
0: okay. Listen, there's a difference between permissibility and haq, right? Like there's a over here you can say this depending on the situation, fi fi it to Jawaz. But over here, fi haze it to That's these things are his rights. If he invites me to his house for a dawad, if he invites me to his house to come, what is his right upon me that I answer? If he's sick and he's ill, his right upon me is what? That I visit him. The non-Muslim does not have these rights. Simple. This is the only difference.
2: This is the only difference.
0: This is the only difference. That one person has a right and the other person no. does not. Can I do those things? Yeah. I have a choice. I have a choice. But it is not his right. And what does a right mean? That if I do it, all right. I get a reward. And if I don't do it, don't I'll sign. get a sin. Right. Hmm? Does that help clear it up a little bit? Now, what happens in the hereafter? What role do I play?
2: Huh? In the hereafter, yeah. Yani I'm talking about in fil akhirah. Yeah,
0: what What is my role as an individual, as a Muslim, toward the non-Muslim? Fil akhirah, yeah. In the Day of qiyamah on the Day of Judgment. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no, it's just the way you said it You're right, you're right It's just the way you said it It's like, it's like bird, Mother Teresa so, <laughs> so, so, so when it comes to the Akhirah It has nothing to do with us Like, do I have a say? Do I get to tell Allah Like, I think this person needs to go to hell And this person needs to go to paradise do I have a say in that? No, Absolutely I mean. not. I have no role in the Akhirah. I have no role in Akhirah. Yes. Sir.
1: But then, but not non non Muslims. What about Muslims? Even then. No, you know, isn't Muslims it Muslims in, in Hadith Qudsi? Yeah. Um, where uh, Allah SWT says that uh, there will be there will be people that
0: will say Allah. Oh, they will. Uh, uh, no, no. So they will ask for intercession. But the intercession. When can an individual intercede? Is it is, is it is it possible? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making Ruling on someone, is presenting his skills And I dare to step forward No,
2: that's after
1: like, that if, you, if, like, present, if someone is entering Jannah uh-huh. And that's he says Ya yeah, Allah, you, you, my friend, he helped me Isn't okay. that the, had- the hadith That's, that's fine, but when does that happen? It can I'm only
0: had, ha- not, 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 I mean, not, not even that It can only have to. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in Ayatul Kursi, what? وَمَا يَشْفَعُونَهُ إِلَّا إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ it is not possible An individual intercedes On someone else's behalf Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Gives him permission It is no There is no self You know what I mean It's it's not like Where you have a judge It's not like this worldly thing You know where like You have a judge He's gonna make a ruling The hammer's about to come down And be like Judge You know I have something to add This person You know He's No way Like <laughs> That is not That is not gonna happen It's, it's not
2: Looks like like after everybody go to Jannah And people go to ah. hell, And then God He will start like Allah uh, And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He will give
0: individuals an opportunity like, You, know, yeah. you need Yes so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He will give But the, the thing is All of this is about, about Yeah Right after he allows this things, Maybe Allah When it is Is it at the time of the person being judged His judgment is complete And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, Do you have something to say? Do you have something to add? And this is basically what we would call an equivalent to like you know a link. You know I was like I I'm already going to let him in, but why don't you why don't you step forward as a way? Why does shifa'ah happen? Why does intercession happen? What is the purpose of it? Is it to change Allah's mind? No, Allah's already made up his mind. Already is already wa ta'ala has already decided who's going to go where.
2: Because Allah is the best judge.
0: No exactly I mean that's fine We all accept that he is, you know, infinite in his knowledge and Infinite in his wisdom But why even have this shafa'ah system Why have this intercession system that's ah, Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is honoring the person Who? Which person is he honoring The one who is doing the intercession That's all it is It's an honoring system For the individual Who is giving the intercession That's all it's meant to be But in terms of where people Are supposed to go Allah already decided on that This is done It's a done deal Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is basically giving a nod to those people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is acknowledging those people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is raising the rank of that person by allowing him to come and step forward and to say something. Is, it, is that? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry? Yeah. He's half asleep. Ah, uh-huh. alright. <laughs> we'll go back to Mother Teresa real quick. So, so, um, Allah subhanahu wa taala has already decided who's going to go where, and our, this is this is already made and this is already said. So our role in the hereafter is what? No, we we don't have a role. We don't have a functional role in the hereafter. So it is not our concern of what happens then. As far as it has to do with the hereafter, we should always be concerned with ourselves. We should always be concerned with ourselves. This is something. <coughs> <that's very important. coughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everybody's everybody's going to run away from everyone else, right?
2: Everybody is going to to yeah, yeah. Well everybody's
0: gonna be responsible for themselves on that day.
2: So for example, uh, no, a person no, no. is on a big agenda. Yeah. yeah. And there's interfaces happening. Mm-hmm. And he you a chance to one person. And he bring back that person yeah. from a to uh, Well, I don't I don't I
0: don't I don't know of any situation where an individual has entered paradise and then he's put an I, I I can't think of any situation like that. Mm-hmm. The, and The uh, I opposite. I yeah, no, I'm saying that's that's just that's like just, just too. <laughs> that's like oh, that's so overwhelming. <laughs> even, even even an idea of that is just, it's just so overwhelming to think. And why I mean, like, Yeah, it's just you know it's just it's, too, it's just vile. <laughs> you know it's it's just very <laughs> it's very. Uh, <coughs> It's it's almost evil, you know, to, to put to give somebody like a taste of paradise and then say, okay, oh, whoops, and <laughs> put put them back into the hellfire. The other way around, yes. Yeah. The other way around, yes, for sure. You know, there are people who are put into hellfire and then allowed into paradise. But the the closest to this, the closest to this, is being given a glimpse and being seen that had you been righteous, this would have been your place in paradise. But that's the most. That's the most of that. But actually being placed in paradise and then removed? No. Okay. there's there's no situation I can think of where that the that's
2: the reason happened. I asked this yeah. question is because
0: of the interface the person is coming and asking uh, No, no. So like I said, Allah's, you can't change Allah's mind. That's that's not how that's not the purpose of the shifa. That's not the purpose of the intercession. The purpose of the intercession is to honor the one who is doing the shifa. That's it. That is the, that is the functional purpose behind it. Allah. Yes.
2: where um, the Day of the Judgment there the disbelievers, they mm-hmm. like,
1: grabbed the believer, whom they knew at some point in, in, during, you know, when they were here. Yeah. And they'll say, why don't you call me to the, why don't you do the one? uh uh-huh. So, like, when you say they have nothing to do at the time of, um, mm-hmm.
2: you know, the judgment. Yeah, yeah, What would, if that's true, then mm-hmm. is there something
0: so, so, so the thing is, now these situations, for example, somebody stole from me. Somebody hurt me, somebody killed me, somebody cursed me. That's not a, a role of determination of where the person is going to go. What, what is that? The answer has already been made. The answer, not, not only the answer already been made, what is the purpose of these interactions? These, these smaller interactions, what is the purpose behind them? That an individual gets his right. That's all. It's, it's not like, okay, by, by me saying that, okay, this person's. St- you know, He stole from me, he hurt me, he cursed me, he did all this, and he got away scot-free in this world. I, I want my recompense now. Does that recompense <coughs> necessitate a person going to the hellfire or going to paradise? Not necessarily.
2: Would that, would that take a negative on the person who's a believer?
0: De- it depends. It depends on the situation. And it depend, like, because it is the right of the person to do that. But will that Qualify that disbeliever now to enter paradise Is that a good enough excuse
2: no.
0: It's not Can Allah Hold the believer Accountable for not giving Da'wah When he had the ability to Yeah Definitely But that cannot be The reason that somebody You know Didn't come to us now Or didn't accept us now Allah Allah, Allah. So So um, So this is This is basically Where we close and Inshallah This is where we'll uh, We'll stop that we're only putting things right, and that we believe that we were doing the right thing, and we believe that we're trying to fix something that is broken. And what is ultimately and basically what it is that, that they're trying? What is it that they're trying to fix? Mm, think. We're talking about the What are they trying to fix? What is broken to them? Islam. Right. The, the system that is being put in place, because. What are they trying to take it back to? It uh, the way before the coming of the Prophet Muhammad so Remember, one of, what was one of the biggest problems that What did they have? What was the biggest issue that they had? Hmm. The pride, okay. It was the pride and what? The control. Because mm-hmm. remember, they had these three Jewish tribes were finally coming together. And agreeing on a leader, and all of a sudden, one Qurashi comes, <laughs> comes out of nowhere, comes out of left field, right? And, and he's like, he's coming and he's just completely changing up the system. So to them, they felt what? How do they feel? Huh? They, they felt betrayed, right? They feel betrayed, <coughs> they feel violent. They said, oh, you know, we had a good thing going, yeah. and, you know, we, we were about to come together, and this guy came and what? For them Why it's like... He came and he messed it up. Deal. It's a big deal. It's a big To get these tribes together was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. To yeah. finally come together and yeah. agree on one leader, it was a huge deal
2: for
0: because them. One of the thing about was like mm-hmm. the Jews, yeah. like... You know, yeah, just like the Muslims, right? Just <laughs> 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 <go> like... <laughs> oh, back then. okay. So I mean, it, it, this is a real issue. It was a real issue for them that they were finally coming together and they are finally coming on, on this agreement. <laughs> And then they had, you know, our beloved messenger Muhammad ﷺ coming in and basically usurping and turning the entire system upside down. And they were like, you know, we had a good thing going. We were about to fix everything. We were about to make everything better. And another thing, and I'll probably close on this. Why were the Jews in Yathrib? Why were the Jews in Yathrib? Why were the Jews in Yathrib? Yathrib? Uh, Yathrib, I'm sorry. Yathrib is uh, what is what is, is what is Medina now? It was the old name for Medina, oh. it was Yathrib. No, they, was waiting for the, uh, uh, they were waiting for a messenger. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the ironic thing. Yeah, but <laughs> they don't believe that, though, right? No, they, they still, believe. They're, they still, do, still, they're, still they're still waiting. Like,
1: they didn't even believe that messenger, yeah. but they believe. You know, it. they're still waiting for a messenger. Because of the lineage, right?
0: Yeah. So they, they rejected Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? Because it, it wasn't in, from the lineage that they were expecting. They weren't expecting anybody, any messenger to come from Banu Ismail They're expecting him to come from Banu Ishaq which is and Yaqub in and that, that lineage. So th- this is one, you know, <laughs> and so th- which added to their assault, right? It just made it just made things worse for them. Not only did he usurp coming from a lineage that they you know. In the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does he say about the Jews? He says that you know they recognize him better than their own sons. And why, and why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, inshallah if we get to the ayah, we'll get into a little bit more discussion concerning that. Uh, but we'll end here. Back to your question. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah, we we will get to that, inshallah. But there's there's another ayah uh, that says and we were just joking around, so that that's a different ayah. But uh, we'll we'll talk about it, inshallah. inshallah. This one we should get to. It's, it's it's not too far away.
2: Hopefully next <laughs> <laughs> week.
0: Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. No, this all, So if anybody has any questions for, about Mother Teresa, just Ramiz, <laughs> is he here, <laughs> John, I don't evening. think that's gonna
2: go away. <laughs> Get him a shirt and
0: everything We'll get it tattooed on his car.
2: <laughs> <laughs> how, how do the Muslims believe that uh, we should come from from Bani Saleh? Like it's it's um um I'm just denying it. Ibrahim As Salam's dua that all the messengers should be. From his, from his sons. Yes. The last one is from the Ismail and Islam. Yes. Nabi and Islam. Yeah, yeah. So how do you still Jews is
0: thinking that it should come from? Um, Ishaq? From Islam? Because all of the messengers prior to that had come, had come from Ishaq. so they were expecting that from that same lineage that somebody was going to come. So uh, it, he, he was subverted. But Allah fulfilled that uh, his
2: yeah. his dua that. Uh, it comes.
0: All the messengers will come from his lineage. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was a mess. It was a du'a of Ibrahim that he wa right? He, he says that he asked Allah subhanahu wa taala. And one of my children, uh, you know, and from my children, Allah subhanahu wa taala, he actually answers him saying that you know we don't we don't guide the, uh, the the oppressive people, meaning that some of the some of his lineage will be prophets, but some of them will not.
1: That,
2: sucks That's the dua that when he's making
0: the Kaaba. When he's making the Kaaba, what about it?
2: When he's building the, kaaba, mm-hmm. the that Yes. they don't want to talk about Ismail at all. No, because like even with
0: the with the they say it's Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, some of the Muslim historians and they say yeah, it's is yeah. but but the thing is, no. they still give importance to Ismail you know this, so that that's there, that is a big difference.
1: No, I'm saying it sucks because huh. like day of judgment they'll find out.
0: I, I mean the day of judgment everybody's gonna find
1: out. No, yeah. I'm saying, specific They're specific, church, yeah. yeah
0: yeah. No, so what what uh, yeah. what the Prophet actually says is that the, the biggest followers of the Jal are going to be from the Jews. Why? The biggest followers, the greatest number of followers of the j- the j- are going to be the youth. Why? Because they think that's that's the message. They think that uh, that's 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 their Messiah. That's come. Subhanallah, we haven't finished got Inshallah, we about 10, 15 minutes until uh, Qiyam.